Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you are addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I'm a Dynasty Freak. That means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all my teams. 365 days a year. So to you, so let's talk some Dynasty on episode number 251. Just a podcast version this week. As some of you guys know, I just underwent uh, shoulder surgery. That's always a tongue twister for me. Shoulder surgery. Had a pretty major repair done, so that's why I wasn't able to record last week. And now I am a one-handed man, so I'm unable to write my articles. So this is the only version that we'll be getting and probably be a little less uh, clarity of thought, given that I like to really write things out beforehand, but still wanted to get a podcast out there for you guys as we talk about week number nine, and I'll include a little bit of week number eight stuff in there too, since I missed out uh, talk with you guys last week. It was a fun uh, fun week um, watching all these games, and I got some general observations, a few pe- people I suggest picking up on the waiver wire this week, and then a whole host of trades. My, my leagues went crazy the last two weeks making trades, so I got a bunch of trades to talk about. So let's go ahead and uh, get started. Uh, I would say the thing that stood out most about this week was the kind of ever-existing question, like how is quarterback, backup quarterbacks, how are they going to hurt the involvement of the receivers? And we've been seeing this all year, but this year in particular, or this week in particular, it was like a test case where you've got a brand-new quarterback in Arizona, you had a brand-new one for uh, in uh, L.A. for the Rams, and you have a brand new one for Minnesota that we'll talk about and a brand new quarterback for the Raiders. And so it was really the test, like how is this going to work? Are we going to be able to keep up the studly production of Puka Nakua or Cooper Cup or Jordan Addison, Devontae Adams? Uh, not really so much so for any of the Arizona guys, but pretty crazy. Um, I think after week one, it's just one week, but it shows how much and how valuable starting quarterbacks are. Uh, Jordan Addison had his worst week of the year from a fi- from a fantasy standpoint. So did Puka Nakua. Uh, Mark Rippon <laughs> was just terrible for the Rams. They could only muster three total points and 130 pass yards uh, to make things even worse. So there was hardly any of these players starting in our lineups. The Arizona players, uh, Arizona team only had 58 yards total offense with Clayton Toon at quarterback. Um, Aiden uh, O'Connell, he fared a little bit better, but really that's just because the Raiders were able to just kind of dominate the Giants by running the ball. Uh, Josh Jacobs had 26 carries, so Aiden didn't have to do too much, even though he did throw for 209 yards. It still didn't help out Devontae Adams. So verdict's still out, but man, it is really disappointing when you've been riding you know, the hot hand for me and, and most of my leagues, as you know, have Puka and Nakua. And I have a lot of Jordan Addison, too. And so just riding those guys as starters and just knowing right away that they're not going to produce. I managed to get away with a one win in one league where I had those guys both in my lineup, but I also lost a couple games where I had Puka in his worst outing of the year. So pretty big bummer. Hard to believe that there's not, uh, you know, 32 or let's say even 64 capable quarterbacks in the whole world that are these backups wouldn't hurt the teams as much as they do. Um, but it's getting per- terrible and it's going to get worse. Of course, didn't get to talk about it, but two weeks ago when Kirk Cousins got injured and then this week Daniel Jones goes down for the rest of the season it's just terrible when you have these you know all of our dynasty players get affected by terrible play at quarterback and that's going to be the case I know one super flex league where I'm a, te- I'm a contender I lost Cousins and Daniel Jones so obviously not the best one-two punch 
but I'm still near the top of that league. And now I'm just going to have to start selling everything because in that Superflex league, I only have one quarterback now in uh, Jared Goff. So bad days for me and bad days for all of the players around them. I will say, though, in the next next comment would be there were a couple good quarterback things to point out, uh, particularly if you were watching the end of the uh, first games on Red Zone. That was such a blast watching CJ, <clears throat> watching uh, Josh Dobbs lead his you know crazy comeback, and then uh, Stroud doing the same thing. Uh, Stroud's setting a, a, a record for rookies with 470 yards and five touchdowns. If you know, if you were following me, he was my number one uh, quarterback in this class, um, even above Richardson and Bryce Young. And so, man, he is sure proving it. And so is Tank Dell, by the way, proving that the little guy can do it. He had his highest snap count, 85% of the snaps uh, on, on the team, the highest among all the receivers even on the team, and his highest snap count of the year. And, man, he has really proven it. What a fun way for them to come back and see him score those two touchdowns. Uh, fantastic. He's become a really reliable starter now in Dynasty lineups. So pretty exciting to watch those guys. And then Dobbs, his, his crazy fourth down uh, fourth down run that he kept them in the game. There's two touchdowns in the air. His one touchdown running. He's the, notably the only uh, person you could say that was among the backup quarterbacks that actually did take, keep, you know, keep his team afloat, although it didn't really result in Jordan Addison having a great day. Uh, still was fun to watch. Uh, Dobbs, the rocket scientist, comes back in. And, man, I missed out on fab on him uh, in one league where my only backup quarterback in a single quarterback league is Ryan Tannehill, and I missed out on him on fab. Uh, just by $2 last week. And so pretty frustrating that I didn't get him because I think he's going to be able to make, be the one quarterback in this group that can carry his team. And of course, we know, unlike uh, Stafford that might come back or Kyler Murray might come back in Arizona, um, and we know Aiden O'Connell, he's going to just probably get the get the starts the rest of the season. So is Dobbs. Uh, Dobbs is going to get the rest of them the rest of the season. So excited for him and excited for my boy Stroud, really putting on a show. Pretty fun. I actually traded for him in one league, if y'all remember. I traded him in a league where I'm uh, trying to rebuild. I got Stroud, and I got a, I traded away Josh Allen and a first and got a first-round pick back. So I got Stroud and a first-round pick for Josh Allen. And right now, um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Stroud ends up outproducing Josh Allen the way that he's struggling right now. Pretty amazing. Uh, next thing that I'll point out, just to talk about a couple teams here, would be Seattle Slump. Man, Geno Smith was like one of the surprises of the year last year. And he has not carried that over this year at all. He's just been looking worse and worse and worse. And this time he only averaged, he only got four fantasy points in the entire game. He's been averaging only 15 per game. Gino's uh, completion percentage uh, was under 50%. He only threw for 158 yards. And unlike, I mean, unlike, like you should say, like some of these backup quarterbacks, even though he's not a backup, man, when he plays that terrible, he takes the whole team down. And so DK just had one catch. Uh, Tyler Lockett just had three. JSN got some garbage time catches, so at least he, you know, got six catches, led the team. But really, man, just a terrible showing. I've been keeping an eye on them, too, to figure out what's the difference between Walker and Charbonnet, because Charbonnet has actually played more than Walker the last two weeks. He got 59% of the snaps, while Walker only had 49%. Uh, They both didn't do anything from a fantasy standpoint. Charbonnet had four carries for eight yards. Yeah, that's a great two-yard average. Walker, nine carries for 16 yards, under two-yard average. So both were pathetic, and Gino looked terrible. Um, if you all remember one of the worst trades I've ever made in Dynasty, I made with Gino Smith last year. Um, 
and uh, traded him back before he was named the starter, back when he was just a backup. I thought I was just trading a backup for a backup. And I traded away Gino for Sam ha uh, for Sam Ellinger, who I thought was going to be backing up uh, Matt Ryan and just trying to get myself a handcuff, so to speak, for a quarterback. And I gave another guy a handcuff, and then he becomes the starter. Terrible situation. Uh, don't look that, look as terrible on it now. Um, but, man, Gino has really been struggling keeping the Seattle offense productive, and it's going to start to eat away at all those players. I'm afraid that the time is starting to really maybe Father Time's caught up with Tyler Lockett. I've got him still in one of my leagues. He's one more piece that I'm trying to sell, but he needs to have another big game or so before anyone's really going to be too interested. This looks like it might have finally caught up with him, or maybe it's just that Geno's playing so bad. Another team to talk about, we'll call them uh, highs and lows. That would be my Dallas Cowboys, who sadly couldn't pull it off from a real football perspective. That was a great game. Uh, super sad that it ended the way that it did. Uh, so many, like, inches. There were so many calls that were just inches in that game. But, man... It sure is frustrating uh, watching Tony Pollard. He's he's the lows. He's only scored he hadn't scored a touchdown since week one, and I saw him get substituted. Couldn't score on the goal line a couple times. And other times I brought in Dowdle uh, to come in for him. He's just averaging 11 points per game, and man, I just don't think he maybe can handle the load. Maybe it was a little premature to think that he could come in there and just do everything that he did last year, and he really hasn't been able to do it this year. There's reason to start having some pretty big concern and move him down in dynasty rankings. Additionally, I'll say the same thing for Brandon Cooks. Even though he's number two on, in the, on the team as far as wide receiver snap count, he's just not producing at all. And I always said, I always said that Cooks is one of my favorite players because he always gets 1,000 yards no matter where he goes. Well, it's not happening this year. He is significantly uh, not a part of the offense. And so finally things are going down for Cooks just like they are for Tyler Lockett and Pollard. You know, we've got to give him another chance here. Um, but Philly does have a very good defense, but you just got to look at the pattern of things. Since week one, he's really not had an explosive game and hasn't scored a touchdown, so it's pretty uh, pathetic. And others are starting to climb up the charts to pass Pollard by from a dynasty perspective. The same could not be said for what that was with the lows. The highs are good grief, C.D. Lamb. All of a sudden, after everyone was complaining for a few weeks of him not producing very much, he's gone ballistic the last two weeks. 191 yards, 16 targets. I mean, that is incredible production. So, so fun to see C.D. Lamb uh, tearing things up. And then, man, you got to say the same thing for Ferguson. Jake Ferguson has established himself as the as, as a top 12 dynasty tight end. It's like he just filled in that Dalton Schultz hole in, in Dak's heart, you could say. Seven catches, 91 yards, a touchdown, 10 targets. Um, and everyone thought maybe that Shoemaker, when the Cowboys drafted him, that he was going to come in and take over this role. But, man, Ferguson... Has, has totally nailed it down this year, and he's a very safe now uh, tight end that you can start in your lineups, whereas before uh, you couldn't say that about so many. So many Now we've got another one that we can say is a very safe uh, starting tight end for us. Dallas has a lot of ups and downs, uh, some great fantasy production in that game, uh, but some real reasons for concern. I think, and I think that uh, Brandon Cooks is over the hill now uh, and that Tony Pollard has a lot of questions. Verdict's still out a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about rookies. Yeah, I like to talk about a little rookie every week. Uh, let's talk Will Levis. I uh, didn't get to talk about him after his crazy week last week after my surgery. But, man, that was incredible coming in, throwing four touchdowns in his very first NFL start, passer rating him 130.5. Definitely had a much stiffer test this week when he had to play against Pittsburgh. His uh, passer rating went down to 66.4 <laughs> pretty far. But he still did enough to keep him in the game, and he shows enough of, of uh, arm talent and kind of just gutsiness 
that's really fun. And I think he is not going to relinquish the job. It's time to say goodbye to, to Ryan Tannehill for the NFL teams as well as for um, for dynasty managers. Uh, Will Levitz, another one of these rookie quarterbacks now that's taking over and has looked really impressive in his first two starts. Then I'll mention also uh, Keaton Mitchell. Uh, pretty fun to see him finally get his share of the load in Baltimore, and he sure made the most of it with nine carries, 138 yards, and one touchdown. He did have a 60-yard touchdown run where he just looked faster than everyone on the field. But even if you take away that 60-yard run, he the other eight runs that he had, he averaged eight more than eight yards per carry. And so pretty incredible debut for him. I will say with the Baltimore backs, I still kind of just don't trust them overall because they just mix and match them so much. Uh, Gus Edwards was certainly the one that's uh, favored on the goal line. Another two touchdowns for him. Uh, he played 18% of the snaps, and it was ju uh, Justice Hill that played 63% of the snaps. Mitchell chipping in for, for his highest percent of the year at 18%. So he's healthy and a, a pretty fun rookie. And I, don't, I didn't think he, he was drafted in any of my drafts, but he was definitely picked up off the waiver wire in uh, all my leagues. Uh, I think probably during the preseason or during uh, during the offseason when a little bit of buzz started to build about him. So pretty exciting uh, to see him. If you were one of the wise managers that picked him up, you get to see a little fruit. But still have some concerns because I think they're going to be one of these teams that just rotates their backs quite a bit. Now let's talk about sadness. Uh, I have to admit that I'm giving up on my, my boy, Miles Sanders. If you have followed me for long, you know that I love Miles Sanders. He was one of my most drafted players in rookie drafts when he came out and one of the players I've traded for. I have him on so many teams. And I thought Carolina was going to be the perfect spot for him to go, that all the rumors about him getting involved again in the passing game and that they've made him the highest paid you know, free agent running back this, this year, signed him to a multi-year contract too. I thought that the, you know, the situation was going to be great for him. But, man, he has really proven me wrong. I can't believe that he's uh, getting uh, passed up by Chuba Hubbard. Pretty, pretty frustrating. Uh, he's gone down uh, in his, his play percentage, his snap count, every week since week four. And so it's just terrible, terrible news. And I have to kind of take the L on this one and say, I'm, I admit it, he's literally like one of the players I consider dropping. <laughs> I think he's actually more like a handcuff right now to Hubbard, which is crazy. On the other hand, we'll end with a little high note. We'll call it signs of hope. Um, no, I've got two more things here. Signs of hope and then one more negative. So signs of hope would be Jahan Dotson. Uh, those who were faithful and just kind of held out and held out and held out. He's finally, you know, had two good games in a row with 13.5 points and 17.2 points. He's really forming a connection with Sam Howell, who amazingly before this, this uh, week was at quarterback number eight in scoring in fantasy points. Uh, he got another vote of confidence this week by this uh, pretty good road win um, or, or win in New England. And so, man, Sam Howell, Jahan Dotson, they've got a little something working. So, so showing some signs of hope. It's not one that we want to give up yet. Jahan Dotson uh, doing a great job. Additionally, for signs of hope, I'd say T. Higgins. What a great game he had on Sunday night. Uh, that, uh, injuries no longer bothering him. And you really just don't know sometimes he's going to be the one that, that outproduces out Chase. And this week he did. And so good to see both of those guys kind of bounce back uh, and help their dynasty managers. Last thing I'll mention is just, I'll call it you're crazy. I'm talking to you, Arthur Smith. <laughs> Give Bijan the ball more. It's so frustrating that you watch this game and you see that Tyler Algier outrushes him, gets 12 carries to Bijan's 11. You know, Bijan did play 61% compared to Tyler's 35%. But Tyler got all the important carries. He got all the red zone carries and all the red zone looked. And this is not what uh, Bijan's 
uh, dynasty managers hope for. It's not what they signed up for when they wanted to get the number one pick, and that 101 is not being unleashed. So very, very frustrating. You saw signs of it at the start, but we just kept thinking, well, he'll snap out of it and he'll work his way into more, but he hasn't. And this week was one of the most frustrating to watch that game when it was close and, and not see Bijan unleashed. Very frustrating. And I know I sympathize with everyone who's being up, upset by that. Pretty crazy. Let's talk a little bit of waiver wire. Here's a few players that I might consider picking up this week. Give you a little edge on your uh, teammates or your, your uh, league mates. First would be uh, would be DeVito. Got a, I always think Danny DeVito when this guy comes in, but Tommy DeVito. Now, I have to start by saying he played like crap, so he didn't do well at all. Yeah, but he is a quarterback, and if you're in a super flex league, he's got to be one of the players that you try to add this week now that we know that Daniel Jones is gone for the year. So don't take it as an endorsement on how we play. Just take it as an endorsement that, hey, starting quarterback is out there on the waiver wire in super flex leagues. Now, not super flex leagues. Uh, first player that I would try to get would be uh, Dontavian Wicks. Dontavian Wicks for Green Bay. Um, he's still, you know, fourth on the team in um, in snap count, the fourth receiver on the team. But he's got up to 32% snaps in each of the last two weeks. He's had four targets. Um, there is also the case um, that uh, he's starting to just work work his way into the offense a little bit more. Almost the equal number of snaps with Jaden Reed this last week. And so noticed that he was on the field a little bit more. He did have a pretty silly fumble in the game uh, where he tried to stretch out, but because he wasn't touched, the, the ground can cause a fumble if you're not touched, and he fumbled the ball. But uh, Wicks is someone just to keep on the back of your radar. I wouldn't, don't think I'd add him in, in all of my leagues, but take leagues where I've got the kind of odd man out, and I've had uh, endorsed this a lot, Tyler Scott, um, something like that where another third or fourth wide receiver on a team might be worth swapping those players out this week. And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but another possible person to add this week would be Jalen Rager. I didn't even know he was on New England until a couple weeks ago. But now with uh, Kendrick Bourne out, there's just going to be uh, much more opportunities for him to play. And he was the number two this week, even though he looked terrible and only caught one of six targets. Uh, he was on there on the field for 77% of the snaps just behind uh, Pop Douglas. And so they are the one-two punch, believe it or not, in New England. Um, Judy Smith from Schuster was healthy too, and he has kind of fallen out of favor and should fall out of favor more after he dropped that pass that led to the Redskins, or the Redskins, the Commanders, that led to them uh, winning that game. And so Rager's done nothing really to earn the trust of the team, but uh, I can't believe I'm saying it. This uh, former first-round bust in Dynasty, in the Dynasty circles, is a player I'd consider. you got to consider it in deep leagues. And then finally, uh, Jalen Tolbert would be the last player I'd consider. Um, he caught his first touchdown on, on Sunday, so that was exciting. He, like uh, Wicks, is still fourth on the team, uh, but his, his uh, snap count has been going up every week. It's gone from 40, uh, 45 to 41 each of the last two weeks in, as far as number of snaps, and he did get his first touchdown. Um, like I said, if I do think that Cooks is starting to decline, Tolbert would be the type of player that could move a little bit more into that rotation. So don't recommend adding these for all of these leagues, but they are the ones that I'd be adding this week, uh, considering adding this week. And like I said, my goodness, we had so many trades in my leagues the last two weeks. I think people are finally starting to wake up and realize whether they're a pretender or a contender, and people are selling. And so uh, this first trade was actually done by me and one where I'm actually selling, and I was finally able to sell off my most expensive piece on my team that was left. That was Alvin Kamara. I gave away Alvin Kamara, Josh Reynolds, 
and a 2024 second round pick. So I had three second round picks, so I gave away one. Um, Alvin Kamara, Josh Reynolds, and then I got Romeo Dobbs and a 2025 first round pick and third round pick. So two future picks in 2025 as I start what I think will be a slow rebuild. So I'm actually adding, I've got two first rounders in um, 2024, two second rounders, then a 2025. Now I have two first rounders and two third rounders. So Alvin Kamara and Josh Reynolds for Romeo Dobbs. Just a team like my, my situation right now where I just decided it's time to sell. And so I try to sell my most expensive piece. Um, shopped Kamara out to all the contenders and finally was able to get a little bit of a deal done there. Next, another team decided this was the week that they were going to go all all out and sell sell their best players. And so here's what uh, one other manager did in that same league. Call this my diehards league because we make trades like this all the time. It's pretty fun. Another one who decided it was time to tank, he gave away Mike Evans, Amari DiMercato, and Justice Hill uh, for Zamir White, Noah Fant, and a 2024 first and fourth. So Zamir White, Fant, a first and a fourth for Mike Evans, the big part of this deal. Amari DiMercato, who maybe is going to help someone this year, and Justice Hill. Uh, the other team was contending, so Mike Evans must have been the piece that he was really eyeing the most out of that. Uh, all of the contenders in this, le- in this league have all uh, bought players to try to make their teams even stronger, so it's going to be a pretty fun uh, run to the finish between these teams. Um, don't really have a particular side. I like you know when you know, when you know what you do when you decide that it's time to start selling, that's what you do. Something some trade like this where now he's at least got two first round picks uh, given away for an older veteran and, and Mike Evans. Zamir White he really hasn't become anything yet. He's had opportunities, but at least you got back a young running back that you can just keep on your roster just in case. Same manager uh, that decided he was selling also sold Javante Williams away for a 2024 first-round pick. So that one's pretty easy, just 2024 first-round pick for Javante Williams. I think that I would like the Williams side of this um, either way, whether I was contending or pretending. <laughs> so uh, still still a fair fair trade, but I think I would want Javante Williams. He's starting to come on now, and he's definitely going to be a part of helping this team that is trying to contend uh, to help them uh, make that playoff push for sure. Similarly, uh, that same manager traded Sam Howell for a 2024 third-round pick. I would much rather have Sam Howell. I mean, Sam Howell is really turning into something. Even though this is a one-quarterback league, I still think he's worth more than a third-round pick, the way that he's been playing. And now that he really has secured that job for the future, I'm pretty confident in that. So I would much rather have Sam Howell than the third-round pick. But the team is that sold him is you know, just compiling picks uh, as they begin their rebuild. This next one was one of the most curious one I think of the uh, that I saw. Uh, same team, two, two teams that are actually both not contending, um, just made a player-for-player uh, player trade. The one guy that had acquired a lot of first-round picks then gave one of those first-round picks back and Kyle Pitts, but in return he got Puka Nakua and Dalton Kincaid. So Puka Nakua and Dalton Kincaid for Kyle Pitts and a 20, 2024 first-round pick. Man, I would, I would much rather have Nakua and Kincaid on my team than that pick and Kyle Pitts. Kincaid is already surpassing Pitts. Pitts is one of the biggest uh, busts, at least busts compared to what we expected from him. Uh, again, got outscored by Johnny Smith this week. It's so infuriating, so I know why that manager would want to get rid of Pitts. But man, to get back Puka Nakua, I think I'd have done the whole thing just for Puka Nakua. I would have given Pitts in a first round pick, but now we got Nakua and Kincaid. Uh, man, that's a really good deal. And it's actually a really good deal because he's the team that's rebuilding. 
He acquired a couple first, was able to give one back to secure these young guys on his roster, uh, Nakua and Kincaid. Uh, good good deal. I wish I could have got in on something like that. I would have gladly done that. Then there was uh, DK Metcalf. Uh, he was traded straight up um, for uh, from a, a rebuilding team who got a 2025 first-round pick. So um, picking 2025 first-round pick for DK Metcalf. All, all in all, pretty fair trade. The team that acquired Metcalf is contending. And if he uh, plays as bad as he did, or if Geno Smith plays as bad as he did, Metcalf isn't going to help him much this year. But I still think that's a pretty fair trade all around. Better days, hopefully, will be coming uh, for Metcalf. While the rebuilding team, I think, has like three first-round picks now in 2025. He just keeps on rebuilding them. A couple more here. Uh, Daryl Henderson was traded, uh, kind of a low-level pick here, uh, for a third-round pick, 2025 third-round pick. Seems fair, so maybe just, you know, got Henderson off the waiver wire. Other manager was contending, just wanted to have one little extra piece for this league, where I think we have three flex spots. So Henderson is a player that you might consider starting um, for these next couple weeks, willing to give up a third rounder to do it. And the rebuilding team just keeps compiling second and third and first round picks. A couple more here, uh, Marvin Mims, Brock Purdy, and a 2024 second and third round pick. So Mims, Purdy, a second and a third round pick for Mostert and Adam Thielen. This one was interesting because this was between two teams that are actually contending. One just thought, I need the immediacy of Mostert and Thielen, and others were willing to kind of play a little bit of the long road and give those players that are definitely and probably you'd think the last year of their production, uh, give them away. Uh, for Mims as a prospect, Purdy, it's a one-quarterback league, and a second and a third. So uh, pretty Pretty even trade. I think the one manager thinks that Mostert and Thielen can help him a lot this year. Uh, we will see. Um, they're starting to decline already this season, so they weren't as hot as they were at the start of the year, but they still could help in the long run. Next one would be uh, Ramondre Stevenson. He was traded straight up for a 2024 second-round pick. Now, this is a salary cap league, and so there's other reasons why people trade picks, like if you know you're not going to renew the contract with someone, you might want to give them up. But that just kind of gives you like a little price check on Ramondre Stevenson after he's kind of struggled this year as the whole Patriots offense has struggled. Uh, one manager that was contending uh, wanted an extra running back, so gave away just to had to give away a second-round pick for Stevenson. Um, I like the Stevenson side of that, that trade, particularly since this team is trying to make a run. Same league, another team that was trying to make a run uh, got a similar deal done. They added Damian Pierce, and they had to give up a 2024 second and third-round pick. So, man... I would have rather had Stevenson for that second-round pick, where Pierce actually came at a higher price with a second and a third-round pick. That really surprised me. Uh, Pierce is starting to get replaced in the lineup already by Singletary, so it's pretty uh, frustrating to watch. I'm not sure that this piece is going to help, and you might want that second and third-round pick back um, pretty pretty soon, sooner than later. I, I didn't actually look in to see the contracts. Pierce probably at least has one more year in his contract because we have him for three years. Day, Stevenson must be in the last year of his contract. So those make a difference in those salary cap leagues. Anyway, mercy, that was a lot of trades. Um, hope that that helped you just kind of see what other dynasty freaks think of these players, where they have them and their rankings and what they're willing to do to make a run or to sell off pieces. All right, that's a busy week. Thanks for tuning back in. I appreciate your listening. I do make it a two-week conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com that's dynastyfreaks with two e's much better on email than twitter or x so contact me that way i'd be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast too that would mean a lot to me i do want to become your most trusted independent voice in the dynasty landscape 
Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.